and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Every day we stand in an epic spiritual battle between good and evil, and safety is of the Lord. This is Truth Dealer Radio. Warning believers to wake up and be sober, encouraging believers to stand on the Word of God, and motivating believers to be truth dealers with a bold witness for Jesus Christ in these end times. And now the host of Truth Dealer Radio, Brian Moonen. It's Truth O'Clock. Praise God. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio, where no matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. I'm Brian Moonen, and I'm sounding the alarm, asking you to wake up and join the battle for truth. The truth is God's word, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. Praise God. This week, I want to talk about the fig tree generation and the parable of the fig tree that the Lord Jesus Christ gave to us in Matthew 24, and how close we could really be to the tribulation. So in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus Christ was talking about the end times, the things which were going to come before his return. Matthew 24, beginning in verse 32. Now learn a parable of the fig tree, when his branch is yet tender, and putteth forth leaves. Ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise, ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Now he's obviously referring to the things when he says, see all these things. He is talking about the things that were described earlier in this chapter. He's tying them in with this parable that means it has a deeper meaning. That means that there's something here that he's telling us. It isn't just... A regular comparison. It is a parable, um, and the parable is that when you see the branches yet tender and you put forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. You can watch and you can discern the times and the seasons by seeing. So likewise, ye when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Now, what generation is this generation? It's not the generation of people that he was talking to because they passed. The context is this generation, the generation he just described, the generation that sees these things begin, the, the budding of the fruit, the putting forth leaves on the fig tree is when the generation starts. The people that were born at that time. I just want to stop for a minute. And I, I should have said this at the outset, but I want to make everybody understand that um, by doing this study with you, I'm not trying to set any dates, but I do believe this is important for us to think about with everything that's going on right now, because there's a lot of different things converging on this earth. And if you can't read the handwriting on the wall, you are blind. So you need to seek the Lord for your salvation, or you need to seek the Lord 
and ask for that wisdom to see what's happening because things are speeding up, I believe. So in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's verses where the fig tree is representative or symbolic of the nation of Israel. In Hosea 9.10, it says, I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first ripe in the fig tree at her first time. Luke 13.6-9, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that shalt cut it down. Jesus Christ used these terms all the time for Israel. Jesus Christ cursed the fig tree also. Now, after 70 AD, Israel ceased to be a sovereign nation until May 14, 1948. The United Nations proclaimed and Israel proclaimed themselves to be a sovereign nation. So they regained that land. And then in 1967, they took Jerusalem as well. But the interesting thing is that during the time when they were not in the land, the land was very barren. Mark Twain visited there. But Mark Twain commented about how desolate it was and how barren it was. He said this in his book, Innocence Abroad. Of all the lands there are for dismal scenery, I think Palestine must be the prince. The hills are barren. They are dull of color. They are unpicturesque in shape. The valleys are unsightly deserts, fringed with a feeble vegetation that has an expression about it of being sorrowful and despondent. I believe he wrote that in 1867. The amazing miracle that took place by God's grace after the Jewish people returned to the land is that now they provide all the fruit for most of Europe and, and parts of the world. They have amazing crops They have invented ways, by God's grace, special ways of irrigation and special ways to plant crops and grow things, and I don't understand all that. What I know is that it's uh, completely different to how it was for all that time. So something happened, something changed that we can see. It even has to do with growing, growing fruits and growing seasons and agriculture amazingly so i don't believe that it's a stretch to see this as fulfilled prophecy israel coming back into the land and seeing that as tying in with what jesus 
gave us as something to look for, the budding on the, on the branch. In Luke 21, now again, Jesus is just wrapping up, talking about his second coming. And then he throws this in there. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So again, obviously this has to be some kind of a specific time lock prophecy because it did not refer to the people he was talking to. It referred to who's going to see these signs and wonders. But doesn't that seem kind of obvious? Because what he's not saying is the people who are going to see it are going to see it. What he's saying is that there's a certain generation who are going to be alive when all these things start to come to pass. And it's going to trigger us watching. We need to watch and pray. Amen. So if you take a look around at the world, the signs that are taking place in Israel of them talking about having meetings with the Messiah and how he's going to be here this fall coming up in their uh, fall feasts. Okay, that's not going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be the Antichrist if that happens. So all of these things are signs. If anything, it's just another reason to wake us up. I know one thing is for sure that, you know, we're one day closer, no matter when you're listening to this. Right now, we're one day closer to Jesus Christ coming again. He's going to come and judge this world. If you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, you need to make peace with him. Jesus is God. He created the world. He's the holy, sinless Son of God. He came forth from the Father, was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He never committed any sins. Everything he did was done in righteousness and holiness. And then he sacrificed himself. He took the punishment for all of our sins because we have all sinned. We're all, we're all equal. We have all broken the Ten Commandments. So what his mission was, was to die on the cross in your place and in my place. Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16. So the wages of sin is death and the death penalty was required. Jesus took the penalty for us, for the entire human race. That's why he came as a man. He lowered himself. He humbled himself and took on flesh and lived among us. He died on the cross, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. And he's seated in glory, and someday soon he's coming again. 
And this time he's not coming to be the sacrificial lamb of God. He's coming as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And it's not going to be time for any more games. He's going to come back and time will be up. Judgment day. So that's why we warn. We love everyone. God loves you. He wants you to know the truth. You're living in sin. You have no hope. Your life is all messed up. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Your purpose is lacking. You have no eternal hope because you're dead in your sins. Wake up. Stop putting it off. Do business with God today while you have time, while you have this breath that he's given you, while you have a sound mind. Because it's the other thing in these end times, there's a strong delusion is coming across the world. It's another thing you need to be able to, you need to be able to recognize that. Some of these people will do whatever you tell them to do. Tell them to put a plastic bag over your head and duct tape your neck and uh, go stick your head underwater to uh, prevent the spread of COVID and they'll probably do it. Wear four masks. No, wait, don't wear any masks. Wait, wear two masks when you're sitting. Wear three masks when you're on the bus. Wear one mask when you're at home by yourself. You know, it's just ridiculous. The strong delusion. These people are brainwashed. They're all ready to line up and take any kind of mark just to get back to normal. We'll do anything, right? This mass delusion that's come across the whole world is not going to go away. It is not going to go away. It's probably going to get worse. And those of us who believe in God and serve Jesus Christ are going to have to stand up and not go along with it. We may be persecuted for that. Ephesians 4.27 Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Give no place to the devil. We can't let him take the place of God in our lives. Now, what does all this have to do with us in our generation? Well, in Psalm 90, verse 10, 9 and 10, the Bible says, For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. So a lot of people point out that they think that verse is prophetic to do with the end times because of the specific language and the fact that it's talking about a generation or a lifetime, okay, being between 70 years and if by reason of strength they be 80 years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Okay, this is reminiscent of a lot of language in the prophecies about the end of days, the rapture, different things. First Thessalonians 5, let's start in verse 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. 
But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Matthew 24, verse 8, Jesus said, All these are the beginning of sorrows. God mentions that the time is going to be cut short. Mark thirteen twenty. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened the days. So it's cut short for the elect's sake. That means we're here at the end when it's cut short. It's for our sake, whom God hath chosen, God's elect, the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, saints, saved people here on earth. The time is cut short and we fly away. Again, Psalm 90 verse 10, the days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. It's just all this language. And most importantly, the fact that it's a breakdown of the years of, of a lifetime. Obviously, some people live longer. But on average, so this is what you're talking about with a generation of people, an average age. That's about an average age. Right now, between 70 and 80. So Israel's rebirth was 73 years ago. And we just so happen to be seeing all these things happen on the, uh, on the earth. All of these weird, strange things. And all the body of Christ, the saved, born-again Christians, all have the same feeling that I've talked to. Wow, we are getting so close to Jesus coming back. We can all feel it. Feeling is like, you know, not the word I always like to use, but sense it, discern it, feel it, whatever you want to say. God is showing us what's going on. Rejoice. We have got to rejoice. Our time is getting shorter, no matter whether this is right or not. And this is right. I mean, you know, the people who were born in 1948 are not going to live to be 150. They're not. Most of them are probably already dead, especially after this COVID attack. So time runs out on this clock. Now, if you go a step further, an article I was reading was pointing a lot of this out. And this is why I'm sharing it. I thought it was very interesting. From creation, from Adam to Abraham was 2,000 years. From Abraham to Jesus in his earthly ministry, his earthly incarnation was 2,000 years. From the cross going forward will bring us to about 2028 or to 2033, somewhere in that range, because they believe Jesus Christ was around 30, 33, maybe he was 33, maybe he started his ministry here and he was 33, but because we don't know the exact date, some of the dates might be messed up, but give or take four or five years, they believe 2028 to 2033, in that range, it's very interesting, we don't know the, the exact day or the exact hour rather. 
we may end up at a point where we are going to know the year. I don't know how, but Jesus didn't say we wouldn't know the year. He said we would know the time and the season, and we would be able to look up and know that it was drawing nigh. And when it's spring and you see the the budding, you know summer is next. You don't sit there and think, well, I think it's going to be winter, and then it's going to go back to fall, and it's going to be spring again, and then we'll finally we'll get to summer. You know it's next. It's coming next. Praise God. So if you do the math on that, and then you back up seven years, that's how close we could be to the tribulation. Now open your eyes and look at what's going on in the world. Does any of it seem like we're close to those kinds of events with what they're doing upon the earth? It's like 1984 was a comic book with what they're doing. New speak and changing reality, rewriting history, banning words, banning speech, the surveillance state, the strange technology they're setting up, the technocracy, this whole hoax that we're in the middle of. And no matter how many people get better or how much better it gets, they just they, they double down. Oh no, now you gotta wear two masks. Excuse me? Just think. And ask God to show you if we're that close. I'm not saying we are. I'm saying we could be. And there's nothing in the Bible that says we're not. There's nothing in my, in my discernment that says we're not. And there's nothing I can see with my eyes that's going on that says we're not. What's left to, what, what's holding God back? In the next episode, we're going to talk about some of these reprobate, satanic things that they're suggesting that the world start doing. Like eating each other, eating human flesh. You think it's going to go on for another 80 years? The generation that saw Israel reborn, the people that were babies back then, they're passing away. They're not all going to pass away before Jesus comes back. They will be alive. Some people in that generation will be here to see it. They will see it. That's what Jesus said. And I believe that that does tie in with the rebirth of Israel. You can say it doesn't, and I'll disagree with you. That's fine. But with everything going on in the world, I don't know why you wouldn't think that, because it just happens to line up with all this fulfilled prophecy, and everything is... All the different things that are going on are converging to equal what we read about in the tribulation, in the scriptures about the tribulation. So it could be this year, it could be next year. I mean, that's nothing new. We've always known that. God is God. He has his timeline. But I just want everyone to think about this. Really, stop back, step back and think. He's at the door. Brothers and sisters, praise God for that. Get your household in order. Get your heart in order before God and ask him what he wants you to do with this brief time we may have left. And I say brief 
oh, if it's 10 years, 20 years, you know what? I'm old enough to know 20 years goes by pretty fast. I can look back and think, wow, that was 20 years ago. That's a short time too. But I just want you to think about this in light of the fig tree generation as they are beginning to pass away and they will not all pass away. If this is what this all means, we're that close. And we're within four or five years of what could be the beginning of the tribulation. Now, when you listen to the other episodes I put out with all the information coming out, different things going on, how strange it is that it would all be happening and all converging right at the end of this between 70 and 80 year period. Why does it all make so much sense? Because God is on the throne and he told us it would happen. That's why I believe because Jesus is Lord. Now, I suppose everything could turn around and the world could uh, go back to peace and liberty and, you know, a hundred more years could go by. To me, that seems more far-fetched than anything else I've ever heard. Because what we're dealing with now is completely unprecedented and it's never happened. And it happens to go along with Bible prophecy. And I believe the Bible. And I believe that Jesus put that special timed warning in there as a clue and it just so happens to all be coming to pass and I praise Jesus for that I praise God for that so Lord God help us not to be afraid in these coming days and months and years give us discernment Lord help us to know if these things are true help us to always trust in your word what you say and help us each to study the scriptures and not to listen to man, not to listen to Brian. Help us to listen to you, Lord, in the Holy Spirit. Help us to seek your truth in the scriptures, the only truth in the scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to thank you for listening. God bless you all. Hope you tune in again next time. Be strong in the Lord. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. TruthDealerRadio.com You keep talking about Jesus. Some folks out there just might be listening. Truth Dealer Radio is listener supported. If you are led to support this ministry, there is a way to do that at TruthDealer-Radio.com Most of